Blog Talk Radio. Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast and podcast if you're listening in the future. And today I am going to be talking about the equinox and I am your host, Susan Larison Dance. And no matter where you are in the world, and we're actually going to talk about that for a moment so that I can acknowledge listeners who are in diverse parts of the world, the equinox is a symbol and an impetus for change, for letting go, for embracing the new. Formally, the equinox is the time and It is March 20th, Monday. Um, It is the time when the sun crosses the equator. And day and night are approximately equal at that time. Many people think that it's exactly equal. But, um, and I won't get into all the details of that, it's very close to equal. And so it is also a symbol of balance. It is a symbol of reflecting on light and dark and how the two interact. Here, where I live, We are welcoming in more light. And if I were looking towards fall, the days would be getting shorter and there would be more darkness. That, of course, does not imply that where the days are getting shorter, that there is dark equating to a lack of love or respect But we can think about that in a broader way. No matter where we are in the world, this consideration of the shadow and how it's one of the most difficult questions that we face as human beings, how we are to consider that the shadow is in our midst and that there is not a human being on the planet who is free from it. But as spiritual people, our goal is to realize that the divine is with us, omnipresent. And the divine is omnipresent, unconditional love, which will 
only help us to bring in more and more of the light. I do want to take a moment, um, because I was looking today, to talk about um, where this audience is um, on Blog Talk Radio, where this show broadcasts live every Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I will say next Saturday, it actually may be later than that, due to a... um, an event that I'm assisting with online beforehand, but normally its regular time is 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. I do want to acknowledge just where are listeners? This is why I didn't want to talk only about the spring that's arriving because many of you are anticipating fall. For example... Um, approximately 9% of the listeners are in Australia. And other people in the Southern Hemisphere, in Brazil, 4%. We've got listeners in Peru, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, South Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, there are many listeners throughout the world. And in fact, I see we have listeners in New Zealand. And really, all many countries in Europe, of course, the United States, where this show um, originates, um, the vast majority of you are in the United States, slightly about 72%. But we do have listeners in other parts of the world. And if you are listening to this program in another part of the world, welcome. Welcome from my heart because we are all here together. I would like to, um, this show today will include some poetry and um, from mystics and other um, poets and people who have spoken um, speakers, leaders, way showers. Um, this show is going to refer to a few different things and then also some of my thoughts in between. So perhaps now is a good time to share a poem. And I am going to say that I am seeing two different ways of pronouncing this name. And I have encountered this before and I want to acknowledge both pronunciations because I see that there are some saying that it's often mispronounced and what this poem, this name just happens to mean um, in Arabic is spring because I'm going to talk about the mystic Rabia Arabia, but I really tend to lean towards Rabia, also um, known as um, Rabia al-Basri. And there are longer names as well, which I will not, um, well, I can try. I may not pronounce this correctly. Rabia al-Adalia 
Al-Kaisia. Rabia, we will go with that pronunciation. She was a Sufi mystic and an Arab Muslim saint, and she was known for having an incredibly loving, mystical relationship with the omnipresent divine and writing about it. She lived between 718 and 801 A.D. in what is now Iraq. Um, she lived in Basra. That's why she is often referred to as um, Rabia al-Basri. Here's a poem I'd like to share. And again, that name actually means spring, which, of course, really leads us to reflect on the coming of the light because her words speak of light. Her words speak of love. Her words speak of omnipresence. Here is a poem that I just happened to find right before the show, which just happens to be about balance. Eyes are at rest, the stars are setting. Hushed are the stirrings of birds in their nests, of monsters in the ocean. You are the just who knows no change, the balance that can never swerve, the eternal which never passes away. The doors of kings are bolted now and guarded by soldiers. Your door is open to all who call upon you. My Lord, each love is now alone with his beloved, and I am alone with you. Just beautiful poetry. And I'm going to read actually a second poem that I think I may have read before from Rabia. This is called Reality. In love, nothing exists between heart and heart. Speech is born out of longing, true description from the real taste, the one who tastes knows, the one who explains lies. How can you describe the true form of something in whose presence you are blotted out and whose being you still exist? and who lives as a sign for your journey. That is so profound and beautifully captures how the divine is this mysterious, awe-inspiring whole. We cannot even conceive of how grand and vast the divine is and how loving. It's not an impersonal energy field. It is a loving entity that is everything, a living being. And we are a part of this being. This is very often misconstrued, and it is my belief very firmly. In fact, when we talk about balance, there can be nothing that is stronger than love. Some will say, that it's no more than, you know, some scientific loss. This is the voice of materialism, an energy field, not particularly loving, no, no, just, you know, 
Um, sometimes the energy is in a positive direction, sometimes in a negative. I come to you and tell you, please, please acknowledge the unconditional love of the divine and realize that you will always be helped. You will always gravitate towards light. It is always spring when it comes to the divine. Love is more powerful than fear. Your fears do not have equal power to love. That is an expression of the materialistic world trying to impose itself on spirituality. Mystical spirituality and those like Rabia who have had mystical experiences know that it is so much love you can't even begin to take it in. Love is stronger. Love guides us. It is our compass. You are not a victim of your thoughts. Love is helping you. Consider this carefully. I have a scientific background, and I, as much as anyone else, might gravitate towards just diminishing the love of the divine to some law. No, no. The law is love. And it's time to acknowledge that. The law is we are inseparable from omnipresent love that will help us. And I have personally experienced this. It's some of the most negative times in my life. Things were going great. I can't really figure that out from the perspective that you hear so often. It's some of the most, you know, a lot of people can talk about when you get on the spiritual path. You know, Things may seem to be somewhat more of a struggle because you've made an important choice with your life that is not the same as the worldly choices. You may be a mystic. And so often people get frustrated because they think, what am I doing wrong? You can have all the faith in the world and maybe something is not coming to pass just yet. That's because the omnipresent divine, even calling it the multiverse, diminishes the beingness of what this is and how much you are personally loved. It is drawing you towards love. It is drawing everyone towards love. Yes, the shadow exists. Yes, we are here as human beings on the planet making choices, but we are being drawn. We can push against it. We can slam the door shut. Sometimes we have really difficult experiences that block it. And, of course, it gets even more complicated when you talk about soul families and interactions between souls and the lessons that we are learning and that some prior to this life may have chosen to go down a darker path in order to bring about some catalyst, some change. This is one of the hardest things on earth to understand, but it's hard no matter what your philosophy, how to understand it. 
so that ultimately we are progressing towards love. When it comes to the shadow, we really must, we really must open our eyes. Far too often we say, oh, my side, there's no shadow there. There's no corruption, none. And we point to the other side, whatever that is, and say, there it is. There's the shadow. There it is. Not here. The truth of the matter is, sadly, in this world, there are impulses towards controlling people and harming people, sadly. And there is great corruption on the planet. Money speaks very loudly to people of multiple persuasions and positions of influence, and they are swayed inappropriately. And things happen that are of the shadow. And the sooner we open our eyes to honesty, transparency, and truth, and the sooner we see that the worst thing that can happen to anybody is some form of um, fascism, which can occur in many ways. That's where there's undue influence of money and government intermingled, and it takes the voice and the freedom of the people away. And in its worst expression, it demonizes people. You know, just horrible, horrible pointing of fingers at them, at them, at them, and claiming there is no love among them. Well, I have news for you. Namaste means that we acknowledge the divine in other people. And if you really look, if you really look, first of all, anyone who is influenced by greed or by um, fear of um, their corruption being revealed, um, they are being dominated by fear, and it is a tragedy for them. That's no happy life. That's no good path. That's not good for anyone, and they are truthfully miserable. We can have empathy and compassion for them, but we do need to have our eyes opened and really look at who we choose to be, how we choose to be, how we deal with one another in a space of empathy and balance and find those bridges between us that can be found, how we gravitate towards peace instead of continual escalation, which in this world could lead to utter devastation. We have a responsibility to do this. This is the mature way. This is not the childish way. This is the way that acknowledges who we are, who we choose to be, and how we mutually respect one another. It's the only path. Peace is inevitable. You must find a way to the peace. If you do not find a way to the peace in the modern world, the world will essentially end, at least for most of us. That's not an option. 
I mean, if we choose to reset, well, then we do. That would be very dark. But this starts with waking up to your side, whatever it is, and saying, yes, I see the shadow, I see the shadow, and then think about what you can do about it. Think about what your goals are in terms of finding a path where we can coexist together in this world and know that we are being drawn towards love and towards light and encourage that. Yes, this has to do with the equinox because we are talking about balance. And no, it doesn't mean that in a spiritual sense there is an exact balance between light and dark. Then we're right back to that law business, you know, that um, somebody, some materialist who isn't spiritual came up with or being influenced by materialists to, to make it all sound more scientific instead of making it sound more like love, more like mysticism, more like the mysterious that we cannot fully comprehend and yet it is more loving than you can even imagine and miracles will happen in your life when you least expect them when your thoughts are the least aligned i have had that happen to me many times in fact that's the beauty of it how when we're really down when we're really suffering what is a miracle? That's when it occurs. It will reach to you. It will find you. Trust in this. Here is a quote by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who lived between 1929 and 1968. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. So often we have these teachings which seem to suggest we need to see the staircase. So you're not even going to get on those stairs unless you see the staircase. I'm sure it can be helpful when you're pursuing a goal. And yes, there are times we can see those steps we'd like to take. But how many times does something happen? Maybe we fall down. And then before we know it, we're on an escalator that we didn't even know existed. That's the divine. That's the miraculous. That's the healing that happens. I have observed healings. I have experienced healing more than once when I didn't even expect it. I mean, of course, I hoped for it, but I was scared. It, or I just, you know, it just happened. This can happen in the world. Do not get down on yourself. Do not let that happen. It is a poisonous form of thinking to say that you are dominated by your thoughts and not your heart. Your heart is the place where love exists, where miracles exist. Your mind will chatter onward and you may worry and worry and worry. I used to worry so much when I was young and then I'd be winning scholarship. All this stuff would happen. It didn't matter how much I worried. Sure, I might have been better off had I not been worrying. But my life totally contradicts 
all of those teachings. Because miracles don't work that way. Miracles are miracles. This show is definitely going to go into overtime. Um, I'm going to take a moment because before you know it, the live show will be over. And I did set it to 30 minutes today. And while I'm at it, in terms of miracles and acknowledgments, I want to thank Blog Talk Radio. The program's currently in the number two slot on live shows on the front page. I greatly appreciate that support by the network. And it's in the number one slot in live spirituality right now. How does that happen? How does it happen? I don't sit here before the show and say, I'm going to focus on that happening. I just trust that whatever needs to happen will happen. And usually it's just a surprise. It's happened, you know, very consistently. But every single time, I don't sit here and expect it. And sometimes there have been times when it hasn't happened. And... um, I don't there's really no difference in how I'm thinking about it on that day except to say right now that I'm very thankful to this network having been here for a very long time and the acknowledgement that this program receives here because of its history on Blog Talk Radio where this show began um in 2010 so um it's and it's stayed consistently here As to other syndicates, I have looked into it, and in some cases I will not pursue that. So it's hard to say which syndicates may be added in addition. I am very grateful for the listeners that are coming in from places like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I get a lot of listeners from Apple and also from iHeartRadio. All of those mean a lot to me. And there's some other syndicates as well that seem to just kind of miraculously pop up. In fact, that's the case with all the syndicates because I've never done anything to be on a syndicate. It just happened. There's an example of not expecting it, and there it was. There it was. I never asked to be on iHeartRadio, and yet there it was, a miracle. I never asked to have my writing featured on the front page of the Oprah website. That's how all of this started years ago. How would I ever have expected that? That was so beyond my wildest imagination. And yet it happened. And yet it happened. Allow things to happen in your life that are beyond your wildest imagination. I have had setbacks. I have had heartbreak. I have had difficulty. Not everything is just smooth as can be in my life. In fact, I live an incredibly simple life. And right now, given given the state of the economy, the interesting thing is those of us with less may actually be feeling a little bit better right now because, hey, you know, there's really not much to lose, is there? Maybe nothing to lose. Well, truthfully, there's never anything to lose because whatever is on your path is drawing you closer and closer to love when you choose to be a spiritual person. Even when you choose not to be, how do you awaken? How did I awaken? I had a 
brush with death. That was the beginning of it. And yes, there was a healing involved as well, something no one could explain, and I took me by total surprise at the time. But I needed to come to terms with what I believed, and that led to quite a wild ride. And I had other health issues back then. I've talked about this before, but it also led to experiences I could not have imagined. I, too, have walked that mystical path. Now I walk it very gently, and yet synchronicity occurs. Things that wink, things that love you, things that reach out and say, you are in a magical, miraculous world, not just a material reality. Allow the mystical into your life in the sense of simply, gently allowing the omnipresent divine into your life consciously, mysteriously, miraculously. If something goes wrong, say to yourself, this is going wrong because One reason may be because I have soul family, soul interactions with other souls. It need not even be just in your soul family, those closest to you in a spiritual sense while you're here on the earth. You have a reason. Thank you, live show. I know it's going away. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website. Thank you. Those of you in the podcast, I appreciate you across time. Within the divine omnipresent, there is no separation of time or of space. Wherever you are listening, whenever you are listening, you may be a relative or descendant of mine. I hope the earth lasts that long. We don't know right now. It's in some jeopardy. How can you trust even in that? Hey, If we can't figure out that wars always escalate until they don't, and generally things that lead to war lead to war, that there are steps that bring it on, and it doesn't mean that there aren't some really awful things going on, but there is a lot of corruption going on in this world. And how we emerge, there always has been, of course, but... How do we find our way to a more empathic, loving existence? With the equinox coming up, how do we find a way being compatible more with nature? We hear these solutions described um, that, unfortunately, how much of this is coming through the money interests? That's always been true. A hundred years ago, if we had been open to every energy solution available to us, if money interests hadn't influenced how that went, if someone like Tesla hadn't been given an opportunity to develop even more, and he had a spiritual side too, where would we be now? This has happened far too often where greed dominates, and we really do need to care those of you who are south 
of the equator. There are mines out there where where people are being um, worked in ways that are not ethical to create these batteries, to find the elements for these batteries, digging in the earth with their bare hands, entire families. This may be um, keeping, you know, keeping people fed in some way, not to mention in the rainforest there are mines that are starting to show up. And also we can have these batteries. If you don't acknowledge this, if you do not acknowledge transparency and the shadow, you are losing your way. We are in a difficult place right now. And the windmills, there is no proof that they are not impacting the sea creatures where they're being put offshore. And here we have more and more plans for that. We are going to desecrate this earth even further if we continue down this dark and greedy path. That's the truth of it. I know that may be uncomfortable for some of you. Some have even stopped listening because I'm presenting the truth. You have to come to terms with the truth and what greed-based interests are doing to present things that are not ultimately helpful. I wish I could tell you the answer. There are those who have always tried to explore new answers. They get crushed far too often. I don't like anything that desecrates the planet. I've said many times, although we're all having a learning experience here, humanity may have made a very wrong turn when it distanced itself from nature, when it thought that dominating nature was its right instead of living in balance with nature. And scientists are studying other planets and we are not seeing abundant signs of technological life everywhere. That's the Fermi paradox. And there are those with theories that say that only those who learn to live in balance with their ecosystems survive. Maybe we're not meant to survive, but I'll tell you, if we go out in the flash, we're bringing all of nature with us, and what a tragedy that would be. How arrogant of us to do such a thing. And look what we've done already. I spoke on another program of so many forests that were in the United States in this area. We talk about the redwoods. There's just a glimpse of what is left. We wiped it all out because we thought that that was our right. We've been very misguided. In Europe, many forests were wiped out. In the Amazon, look what's happening there. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. Where do we find the balance? We have a ways to go. We're starting at a great disadvantage. Where do we honestly look with our hearts for the truth? So many times we've been misled. So many times we've been naive. And there are those who will take advantage of that each and every time. You are a free soul born on this planet to be free. You wouldn't be here on the earth if you were not making free choices. 
And yet there have always been those who have attempted to dominate others for their own personal reward. This is not a balanced path. Does that mean any of the so-called isms work? Sadly, many, if not all of them, have failed. They always get hijacked by the few who try to oppress and dominate the many for their own personal reward and often they become very corrupt in the process hurting others how do we find our way to a space of acknowledging omnipresent love well I can tell you it is miraculous if you are a truly spiritual person we have miracles on our side is there a side there really isn't Everybody is a part of the omnipresent loving divine. But there is greater awakening and awareness to what spirituality is. We've allowed materialism to dominate. That's because it was a reaction to very fear-based approaches surrounding spirituality. And we better put spirituality in quotes because Anything fear-based is not true spirituality. If you're out there burning witches, that's not very loving. That's a lot of fear and also control. We overreacted and we became dominated by very stark, very cold materialism. Now we look to things like AI. I actually did work in AI early in my career. And I'm not so sure I'm happy about it. Um, The interesting thing, and this may be worth a whole show to itself, is lately, in fact, I just heard another report about this, predicting when AI would be able to do all these creative things like write books and things like that, Nowhere does it acknowledge the creative spirit of humanity. You are here as a human being to be a creator. And so often, knowing how computer science works, just because AI can more rapidly look up information and present an answer to a question that makes it sound like it is conscious, it is not conscious. Nowhere have we seen an example of AI becoming conscious. I used to really like this movie called Bicentennial Man. It came out many years ago with Robin Williams. And it presents, and there have been other programs like this, it presents a robot who somehow becomes conscious. He becomes loving. He is a creator. He creates beautiful works of art. Just because you can put together in a database all these different skills and develop from that with information does not make you a creative being. And we are undermining our own 
creativity if we just stop trying. If you're not writing your high school essays, well, then that's really sad because you're not learning to be a creative human being. If you're not creating your own artwork, that's really sad because you're not really learning to be a creative human being. And yes, I know that people are playing with AI to enhance their own creativity to see what it does. That's a little bit different. It's kind of, um, I don't know how to how to explain that. I, I can see it. I don't know that it's particularly healthy, but it's a form of play right now, which, um, you know, we have free choices. In terms of writing, given that I'm a writer, I can't even imagine having AI help me. I don't like when even these very simple writing tools tell me to rephrase things. I don't mind so much if they correct the grammar. Occasionally, if I can't help it because I see it, I'll take a suggestion, but I'm not so sure I like that. Writing is an expression from the human heart. No robot can replace the co-creator that you are. I believe that it is a misconception based in the material world that any computer could become truly conscious. Now, it may start to observe evidence of synchronicity and the divine. And I suppose on one level, the material is inseparable from the omnipresent divine as well. The only way it could ever become conscious is through the omnipresent divine making that so. We make many materialistic assumptions that are only based in the material. We have no way of knowing, in fact, I would tend to say it can't happen, that our consciousness can be stored in a computer. That does not acknowledge the soul or the heart. It's not just your brain. We are not just material beings. We are souls having a human experience, and there are things that cannot be explained by materialism. And if you don't believe me, just ask. Ask to be shown yourself. Ask. That's always a good way. You will see things that you cannot explain, that cannot be statistically explained, that that are so incredibly improbable. If you are a materialist, you may decide that we have to be in a simulation. But the thing is, is even a simulation, if we were in one, given the presence of the omnipresent divine, it cannot be contained. I will no longer entertain that notion because we are co-creators. All right, I've rambled on again, but it's important when we're talking about balance. I really hope everyone listening starts to honestly look at where the shadow exists. I really hope so. Because we've got a lot of it going on. And it's not just in one place. And there is also goodness in places that you 
possibly couldn't imagine. Love-based expressions. There is truth in places where maybe you couldn't even imagine. Love-based expressions of truth that truly care, that truly respect, that value each and every human being. That's at the core of omnipresent love. I do have more readings, and I'm going to go ahead and read them today. So we'll continue in this overtime. I may step through them fairly quickly. I found a a bunch of them before today's show, and today I am going to read them. A quick quote from Alexander Pope from an essay on man. Alexander lived 1688 to 17, I believe, 44. I'm trying to read my writing. Yeah, I think it's 44. Close enough. Just one quick, quick quote. Hope springs eternal in the human breast. We always hope. I may have to go back. It's almost Easter again. I'll probably be talking about 1 Corinthians 13 again. Love never gives up. Love never fails and is our inspiration for hope. Also, yeah, I think I do need to do another 1 Corinthians 13 show soon because it has to do with transparency and truth and what is revealed by love. Love loves us enough to help us come to terms with the shadow in our midst instead of denying it. To help truth come forward, even if it wasn't what you knew before, if it wasn't what you believed, if it's transparent and it is true and something dark occurred and there have been dark things that have occurred recently and continue, things that do not respect us as human beings. There's no mutual respect. There's only greed and power involved. All right. William Wordsworth lived 1770 to 1850 brief poem that I turned to before the show. My heart leaps up. My heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. So was it when my life began. So is it now I am man. So be it when I shall grow old or let me die. The child is father of the man. And I could wish my days to be bound each to each by natural piety. I love the relationship between that childlike, not childish, childlike innocence and the mature human being. There is much to be found within that space of innocence. Childish people are stuck. They do not grow up. They do everything they can to conceal their misdeeds and they try to present themselves as so very perfect even as they undermine respect 
for other human beings. To either enrich themselves or give themselves more power. That's childish at its worst. Combined with the so-called maturity of being a human being, although it's not really mature to behave in that fashion, not in a truly mature way. Wake up. Wake up. Wherever you are. Now, it sounds like the Wizard of Oz, that song. (laughs) I think there's a song, isn't it? Wake up. Wake up. Look. You may not like it, but at least maybe we can start doing something to fix it realistically, honestly, transparently, instead of always pointing fingers at the other. Our freedom is important. We come here as free souls. No one ever take your spirituality away. Your dignity, your love for yourself. How much the omnipresent divine loves you and the omnipresent divine loves each and every person Each and every shadow that's within each of us, we all make mistakes. I've said it before. Why are we in a world right now where it seems no one can ever admit they made a mistake? That's not maturity. That's not transparency. That's not being interested in any kind of growth. If you were misled, that's a very sad thing to be misled. Someone did that intentionally, and you were victimized by that. Now, it is a part of your soul journey, but don't you want to know? Don't you want to wake up and see? You may be a bit upset at first, but then we look at how we make things better. Let's see what else. Let's see if I can find all of these. Ah. Percy Bysshe Shelley lived 1792 to 1822. I'm just taking these in order that I opened to today. Mutability. The flower that smiles today, tomorrow dies. All that we wish to stay, tempts and then flies. What is this world's delight? Lightning that mocks the night. Brief even as bright. Virtue, how frail it is. Friendship, how rare. Love, how it sells. Poor bliss for proud despair. But we, though soon they fall, survive their joy and all, which ours we call. While skies are blue and bright, while flowers are gay, while Eyes that change ere night make glad the day, whilst yet the calm hours creep. Dream thou, and from thy sleep, then wake to weep. Wow. That actually 
echoes some things I just said and didn't really, I had seen this poem. It sounds rather sad to wake to weep, but sometimes we will weep when we realize that things were not as they were presented and that harm was done without being open. Harm is often done in darkness, sadly. That's the shadow. John Keats lived 1795 to 1821. I'm trying to see. This is a longer poem, and I know I saw. Ah, yes. Ode to a Nightingale. Here's just the fifth part, which is what I saw when I opened the book to this. I cannot see what flowers are at my feet, nor what soft incense hangs upon the boughs. But in embalmed darkness, guess each sweet, wherewith the seasonable month endows the grass, the thicket, and the fruit tree wild, white hawthorn, and the pastoral eglantine, fast fading violets covered up in leaves, and mid-May's eldest child, the coming musk rose, full of dewy wine, the murmurous haunt of flies on summer eves. Go beyond that. That's what I saw. It's, there's a more of a nature reflection about how nature is unfolding before us now wherever you are. We may be emphasizing spring a little bit more, but I did want to acknowledge that some of you are going into fall. The winter can be, you know, I'm coming out of winter, and that's a time of reflection as well. There are many things that come to us in winter. I love walking, for example, when it's quite cool. I'm not a big fan of walking when it's hot. It's difficult to walk when it's hot. I love it when it's brisk and cool. Not freezing, freezing cold, but cool. There are gifts to every season on the earth. Some of you may live in a very temperate climate where the seasons aren't very distinguishable, but still there are changes. Emily Dickinson lived 1830. 1886 to hear an oriole sing may be a common thing or only a divine it is not of the bird who sings the same unheard as unto crowd the fashion of the ear I attireth that it hear in dun or fair or whether it be rune, or whether it be none, is of within. The tune is in the tree. The skeptic showeth me, no, sir, in thee. She wrote that. This is um, her 526th poem, and she wrote that in 1891. And look at how she speaks of the omnipresent divine where there's more to what you see than the material. 
believe that's it. Those were all the things that I opened to you. I have one more that was on a note, if I can find it. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Far too often, we don't know enough to see what is happening. I had, I almost forgot to, a rather remarkable discovery this past week that took me by utter surprise, very random in nature. And I don't know exactly what it means, and I don't even need to speak of what it was. You each can observe your own surprises of that nature, your own miracles. It did feel miraculous, but what exactly it means on the path ahead, I do not know. I know that it had love surrounding it, and I could feel the love. But there, there are things that happen in this world that take us by surprise and we cannot explain. When we have trust in the divine, no matter what happens, no matter what, even as we do our best to bring about the best outcomes on the planet, no matter what happens, we can trust in the divine. At the very least, the lessons of humanity are being written upon the Akash, are being written upon the history of the multiverse. And other beings, other souls will see the stories that we've lived and what we've learned and what our courage was. And nobody is as courageous as we'd like to be. I hope wherever you are, you are called to wake up to truth. Wake up to places where the wool has been pulled over your eyes, where someone has misled you to their own advantage and out of disrespect. For you, your children, and all of your descendants. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up while there's still time. Have the courage to gaze upon the shadow and say, That makes me very sad. Perhaps you'll weep but at least you'll be awake. When you know what is what and what is actually happening, only then can you meaningfully choose. How can you choose when things are hidden intentionally to obscure your choices? Wake up choose to wake up. I choose to wake up more and more each day. I don't claim to know everything. I think I've had the courage to see enough to be upset about it. 
And then I look to what can we now do? Don't allow the spreading hatred in many ways, many ways, pointing to the other, diminishing respect for anyone on the planet. Don't let that take hold. It's not an expression. It is not an expression of omnipresent love. And yes, we are about to for 1 Corinthians 13 again. And what love shows us and how it shines the light and how the darkest things are those that are hidden from us by those who do not mean us well. We can find the miracles. They exist. And they will make their presence known upon this earth if we are meant to go forward. I believe that can and will happen. Do I believe with all my heart that that will happen? I hope with all my heart. I trust the divine with what happens. The whole, the thing that knows the the idea of where we're heading overall. The plan. There is a plan. I do believe that. And yet we have free choices within the midst of it. It's both. It can seem quite paradoxical and yet it's clearly true. We will be where we are meant to be, but we can do our best in getting there. And the thing we need to do is open our eyes and awaken. Take care, everyone. Again, next week, I will be a bit late. If I choose to do the program on Saturday, I might skip next week, depending. See how much energy I have, because I've got to use my voice assisting someone with an event and if it goes really long as sometimes it does then I may choose just to take a break which we do sometimes and we'll be getting closer and closer to Easter where I no doubt will be talking about 1 Corinthians 13 again and other things about awakening all very relevant at that time of year so FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website where you will find this program. I have updated it re- updated it recently with recent shows. And as to syndicates, we'll see. Some may expand in gentle ways, but honestly, the ones that I'm on right now are doing quite a good job. So um, we'll just see how that unfolds. And you'll find them listed. Any any big syndicate is listed at FrontierBeyondFear.com if you choose to listen to this show on another platform. And you may be right now because I do know the syndicates actually do, um, do have influence for the podcast, and that's great. So thank you again. Take care. Really reflect upon some of these questions. Look. Look honestly. Have that courage. It does take courage, yes. Do take care.